0: And so that's what the people of God were up against. It's hard enough to build, you know, it's hard enough to build when everything's going right, but it's really tough to build when when things aren't going right and you got people trying to frustrate that on top of it. I know when we built this building here many years ago, you know, it's hard enough to do when, when everything's going good, but then when you get, you know, different inspectors that come by, and the one guy, the one inspector from St. Louis County told me, he said, you'll never finish this building. He said, I'm going to put a stop to this. You know, well, you see, we're in here. But, you know, that was very discouraging at the time. You know, just, you know, just different different ones. and And then, you know, as we got closer to finishing the project, we had another inspector come through and, you know... We had done everything right. We we followed all the rules, and he he got all upset about something or other, and was going to shut us down. And you know that's very discouraging, you know. And other things we could tell you about, uh, but uh, uh, but you know when that discouragement faces you, what are you going to do? Well, look at here at chapter five and verse one, Ezra. 4, we see them being discouraged. And then notice in in the 5th chapter, notice verse 1, Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, you read on, they were prophets, men of God. Notice what they did. They prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel who was over them. And so Zerubbabel and Yeshua rose up. And what did they do they they began to build the house of God which is in Jerusalem and the prophets of God were with them helping them Now what did these people do well they had men of God there to speak encouragement into them And so if if you're facing any kind of discouragement what I would advise you to do is is do what I've done over the years when I've gotten discouraged is is you know get get some the CD or you know, back years ago how many remembers cassette tapes and I, I put cassette tapes on now you can go to the internet and put on YouTube and I'll go and put on a good preacher and start listening to them and uh, uh, I let them speak into my life and, and encourage me and so uh, that's what I think all of us need to do when we face discouragement Is and what I have here in my notes is stay in the local church Stay hooked up to the to the local church. When you get discouraged, that a lot of times I've noticed over the years, when when a catastrophe catastrophe hits people, a lot of times they'll shy away from coming to church. I tell you what, if the devil can get you off alone in a corner, he can really, 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 really work on you. Did you understand that? because I've had him do that to me over the years. I'd get off, you know, because I I was discouraged and down in the dumps. And has anybody ever had a pity party besides me? And and you just want to get alone and then woe is me and woe is me and woe is me. And then the devil gets you off alone like that. He'll start feeding stuff into your head. And by the time he gets done, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I tell you what, if you'll come to the church come to the house of God and get hooked up and stay hooked up and listen and let us take the word of God and encourage you and that's what happened here the the men of God prophesied they spoke it means they spoke things to the to these people that were discouraged and and they were with them and they helped them build you see so stay hooked up stay hooked up under a good a good preacher a good minister that'll take the word of God and encourage you notice ephesians the 4th chapter just uh, does a little more with this. Ephesians 4.11 says that Jesus. Or well God himself gave. This has to do with God the Father and the Lord Jesus. You know. When Jesus was raised from the dead. You could read the context of it. But look at this. What did he give? He, he gave to the church. You can read it in the context. He gave to the church. Apostles. Prophets. Evangelists. Pastors. Teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For what? For the edifying. That means the encouraging of the body of Christ. See. That's something that I'm supposed to do as a, as a pastor. Is take the word of God and encourage you with it. You see. And that's what you need when you're facing discouragement. You need encouragement. Don't you? And then notice in Acts the 15th chapter. In the 32nd verse. I'll read this in the NIV. Acts 15.32. Judas and Silas. Who were prophets. They were men of God. What did they... They said much to what? To what? To encourage and strengthen the brothers. See, that's what that's what preachers need to be doing. Is encouraging people. Encouraging people and lifting them up with the word of God. You hear me? So when you get discouraged, you need to come to a place where you're going to get encouraged. And the house of God... Is a place where that should be happening. Where the preacher's taking the word of God and encouraging you. I'm standing here today. Hey, she had a great word of encouragement in that song, didn't she? I mean, I'm not moved by the mountain, what? The mountain is moved by me. I like that. That's a good that's a good motto to have. And then notice Hebrews, the tenth chapter and the twenty fifth verse. I'll again read this in the NIV. It says Let us not give up meeting together, or assembling together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us what encourage one another. See, that's something else that ought to be happening at the local church. Is not only should I be encouraging you, but you ought to be encouraging one another. Is that right? Encourage one another, and all the more as you see the you know the day approaching. The the, you know, the day of the Lord is what that's talking about and whatnot. But what, what you need to get out of this is that is that we ought to be encouraging one another. Okay? So when you get discouraged, come to church and get encouraged. Is that right? Now then, a, a second thing. I just have three areas here. The second thing is found in First Samuel, the 30th chapter. First Samuel the thirtieth chapter. I'm going to read these verses in the King James version. It came to pass. This is First Samuel thirty verse one. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men, they returned to the city, and behold, it was burned and with fire. So just think, if you went home today and you found your house burned to the ground, would that discourage you? It discourage me. And what if, what if your wife was there and somebody had kidnapped her and the house was burned? men you'd be you'd be discouraged that the house was that the house was burned down how many be discouraged that your wife was kidnapped uh, do what why is, why, is why is that funny I'm just teasing with you is it okay if I tease with you is all right I'm just teasing with you I tell you what. Now, I was teasing with you, but if, if I went home and my house was burned and my wife was kidnapped, the house wouldn't bother me at all. I'd be missing my wife. That's what would really bother me. The house, you can rebuild that, but what about your wife getting her back? That's where I'd be discouraged. Do what? You have one wife. Okay, well, well we appreciate honesty. We appreciate honesty. But David, I would, be, I would be heartbroken if my wife was kidnapped. But his wife was kidnapped and the place, it was burnt down. And uh, sons and daughters were captive. Now now you see, now the children are gone too. They're kidnapped. I mean, this is a discouraging, this is a time to be discouraged, isn't it? And verse 4. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Has anybody ever been there? Where you just cried and you cried and you cried and you cried. And, you cried and, and then something else went wrong. And <laughs> you cried some more. And Lord, why is this? Why is this? You know, I've learned this over the years. Uh, don't start questioning God when things go bad. How many of you know he's not the fault? And I tell you, how many's ever done that besides me? You know, God, why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen? And that's a wrong move to make. If you make, I take it from me, you, if you make that move, you're going to get more discouraged, because because you're moving, you're really moving away from God when you start questioning Him. He hasn't, he's not the cause for your problems. Did you hear me? And to question him is really to, is to really stick your thumb in his eye. Don't do that. You know, I, I've learned a great lesson from Job. How many ever studied Job? And, you know, he had a whole lot of stuff go wrong. But he never, he, he, the Bible says he never spoke or charged God wrongfully with his lips. Is, is, is that right? He never sinned. You read that? You read that, haven't you? And he, and he said, he said this. He said, though he slay me, even though God were to slay me, yet will I trust Him. So when things aren't going the way the, the way you want them to, and you've wept and you've wept till there's no more to weep, notice what David did, verse five. And David's two wives were taken, and, and so on. But notice verse six. And David was was he distressed or greatly distressed? Greatly distressed for the people his men that were with him spoke of stoning him. think about that the last people that he had left with him his his faithful men there now they're going to stone him because you know, their wives are gone too their kids are gone too they're speaking of stoning David. So just when when he's lost the place where he's staying, he's lost his wives and his children, and now the men want to stone him. That's pretty low, isn't it? Greatly distressed. Has anybody ever been greatly distressed? I mean, I've been... Because the soul of all the people is grieved, every man for his sons and daughters, and it's understandable. It's understandable. But what did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And sometimes, you know, because we don't have services seven days a week, so it's hard to, you know, you're not always able to come to church. You understand. Now in the hour in which we live, you can put on tapes and get a, you know, a CD or whatever it is that you listen to. But back there then, they didn't have CDs, did they? They didn't have flash drives. They didn't have the Internet to put on a good preacher, did they? And so what did David do? He did what? He encouraged himself. himself. And I tell you what, that's something we all need to learn to do. Learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Because you might be in a situation where you don't have anyone else to to, to encourage you. So you need to learn how to encourage yourself. That's why I'd suggest you fill yourself up with, with the Word of God. Fill your heart full of the Word of God. And then in those tough times, the Word of God will come out. I've learned this. Whatever you put in yourself, that's what's going to come out in time of trouble. So if you put a lot of television and soap operas... How many of you know you don't want to be watching soap operas when you're down in the dumps? I was talking yesterday, in fact, last evening with Diane about my grandma. She used to always watch... Uh, it was Days of Our Lives, and then The Doctors, and then uh, Another World. Are any of those still on? I, but she used to watch them every day, and uh, I'd watch, watch them sometimes, and I got so depressed watching those things. So you don't want to be watching those things. You know, Encourage yourself in the Lord with the Word of God. You okay? Do that. You need to learn to do it. And now, now you need to realize this: it, it, your flesh will always want to go to the way of self-pity. Woe is me, poor old me. Nobody understands. Nobody cares. God doesn't love me anymore. And all of that your flesh wants to go that way. Have, how many? You have, have you have you ever discovered that? Besides me, your flesh loves pity parties. Remember, Paul said in Romans. I think it was right near the end of the 7th chapter. He said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. Remember that? He's not talking about his spirit. His spirit was born again. He was talking about his flesh. We need to rem- remember this. In our flesh there dwells no good thing. That's why you, he, he said, Paul said another place, he said, I keep under my body. I keep under my flesh and bring it into subjection. And let me tell you what, when things get to going a little bit bad, your flesh will want to go the way of the pity party, the self-pity, woe is me, nobody understands, nobody cares, ba 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 ba. Has anybody ever had to ba 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 in their life? Oh, pity party. I tell you what, it takes sometimes it takes everything in me to shake that off and not be discouraged and and refuse to have the pity party. But rather say, you know, you know, if God be for me, who can be against me? None of these things move me, right? I'm not moved by the mountain, but the mountains move by me, you know. And that takes faith to do that when you're when, when all the circumstances are pointing negative. But David did that. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And you know something else I do that's really helpful to me is Hebrews 13.5 in the King James Version. This is just something I do. And my wife will tell you that this is so. I do this. It says, let, Hebrews 13.5, King James Version, let your conversation be without covetousness. In other words... Let's put it this way. Let your conversation... Did, did I get that right? Hebrews thirteen five. Let your conversation be without covetousness. In other words, don't say, boy, I wish I had it like they've got it. Look at so-and-so. Boy, he, he or she. Boy, look at them. Boy, I wish... Hey, you don't know what their life is really like. Did you hear me? That's right. Oh, yeah, but they've got this and they've got that. And they've got- yeah, they might have those things, but... You know, you know, there's something about having a, a big house. Guess what? When you have a big house, guess what? You're going to have to maintain it and clean it and pay the bills. And then along about the 1st of December, there comes a bill in the mail from St. Louis County where I live and they want taxes. And you go to the mailbox and you just have trouble turning that loose. Somebody said going to the zoo was free. Check your tax bill out. Going to the zoo here in St. Louis isn't free. I need to go at least three times a year to get my money's worth. Did you hear me? I'm I'm just saying, you know, yeah, but oh if I had what they have. Oh, if I had this. Oh, if I had that. Now your flesh wants to go that way. That's what your flesh wants to do. Is your flesh like mine? Oh, look at look at how wonderful they've got it. Look how wonderful they've got. It. Look how wonderful they've got. It. Wonderful they've got it. Yeah, but you don't know what kind of hell and heartache that they have going on that you don't know about. Huh? So let your conversation be without covetousness. Now it's hard to do that. But it is doable because the Bible said we could do it. You need to do this with the help of God. Did you hear me? Let your conversation be without covetousness. Hard to do, but it's doable. Say it's doable. doable. It's doable. And be what? Content with such things as ye have. Boy, this is so helpful. This has helped me out of so many discouraging situations. You just get content with such things as you have. You know, I I say this to my wife regularly. I'll say things like, you know, let's just be glad we've got this because it could be it could be worse. It could be this. Don't I do that right? I said, Diane. Let's just be thankful. Let's be thankful for what we do have. Let's just be thankful we do. You know, just let's get real simple. How many of you can see real well? You know, there's a lot of people in the world can't see. You take deep breath. Can everybody do that? You know, there's a lot of people fighting to get the next breath this morning. You could hear. A lot of folks can't hear. This is something I do whenever we, we go in somewhere, and my wife will tell you I do this regularly. Whenever we go in somewhere and we, we, we go into a restaurant and we get something, we eat something, and it's not as good as what we wanted, you know? Just didn't. You know what? What will I say regularly? i say. I said, There's some people not eating today. Is that right? There's a lot of people in this world aren't eating today. So what am I doing? I'm being content with such things as I have. And I tell you, it's helped me over the years to be content with such things as ye have. You get that? Just be thankful for what you do have. Just be thankful for what you do have. And I tell you what, that'll really give a, it'll really kick discouragement in the head if you get, if you get thankful for what you do have. How many is glad you're not laying in the hospital right now screaming in pain? Want, I mean, a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? Is there? Yeah. yeah. So that, that, this is just, I'm just trying to give you some things here, uh, some strategies from the Word of God that you can use to overcome discouragement. And then he goes on to say, I will never leave thee. Nor forsake thee. That's really good to know, isn't it? He said, "Jesus never leave us, nor forsake us." You are you getting anything out of this? Is helping you at all? And then the last thing is, let's go to Second Timothy four. Is and I've already alluded to it, but let's let's say it again. Always look to God in times of discouragement. Always look to God. Look to God at all times. You know, um, I've I've run into a lot of people over the years. They just look to God when the going gets rough. I'd advise us to look to God all the time. All the time. Don't just run to God when you need Him. Just stay with Him all the time. What do you say? I mean, He's with us, but you know, it's real easy to get our eyes off Him and get our eyes on other things. Look to God. Keep your eyes on Him. Notice here uh, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4.9. He said, he's speaking to Timothy here. He says, be diligent to come to me quickly. Demas has forsaken me. That was a fellow that worked with Paul in ministry. A fellow worker in the ministry. He was a minister. And he has forsaken me. Have you ever been forsaken by somebody that was a trusted friend? Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed. Think about that. One of his best ministry companions forsook him and didn't want to serve God anymore, loved this present world, and departed. That was a mistake Demas made, wasn't it? And then he says... In verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. Well, thank God he had Luke and a doctor on top of it. He said, get Mark and bring him with you. He's useful to me for ministry. And Tichkis I've sent to Ephesus. He said, bring the cloak that I left and so on and so forth. And the books, especially the parchments. He wanted that he wanted the word of God. He wanted those parchments. He wanted why? Because he's going to look to God. He's going to look to the word of God for encouragement. And then he says, "Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm." Have you ever had anybody do you much harm? Oh, yeah. We've helped folks over the years many, 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 many times and and then it's one thing, you know, when folks walk away from you, but when they walk away from you and then try to destroy you for no reason, that gets real fun. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody done you much harm? One thing that I've learned to do when people do you harm, people forsake you, this is something I do that's helpful. I I, 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 I just don't... Just... just I may talk about it with my wife privately, but I don't wear it on my sleeve for everybody to see. Do you get what I just said? I do my best to not let the devil know that he's gotten a blow through into me. Do you get what I just said? If you study anything about fighting, wrestling, boxing or whatever, if if the opponent injures you, you don't want to let him know you've been injured. You study anything about about boxing or fighting or just going back to wrestling at the chase years ago. (laughs) But if for for example, one of the wrestlers injured his opponent's knee and and the guy's going around, what what does the opponent do? Huh? He zeroes in on the on the on the knee, is that right? How many's ever watched wrestling? And, you, and if you haven't, you're better off. Take my word for it. <laughs> but 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 when an opponent gets a shot in on you, and you start favoring that, what's the enemy going to go after? He's going to start kicking kicking your knee. And if I'm always favoring my left knee, what what's the opponent going to go after? Going to go after it. So when the devil gets, and I've watched, I used to make this mistake. When the devil get a blow in on me, and you know the devil a lot of times uses people. And usually unsuspecting people. And whenever he'd get a shot in on me, I just learned, i just get up and just, it takes faith. Say it takes faith. I just go on like, like even though he's got a blow on me, in on me, and maybe I'm bleeding on the inside of my lip, but I stand there and just smile and just, you know what? You do that, you can discourage the devil. I mean, I, some of you may be opposed to to wrestling, but but if you are, I'm sorry. I just got got to use this example. How many's ever seen Hulk Hogan? And you know, I've watched the hulkster and, and he's taking shots and the opponents hit him and hit him and they, they hit him and he's laying down on the ground and they've kicked him and they've hit him and the hulkster's laying there. But you know what the hulkster does? All of a sudden he'll start shaking. You ever, you ever see him? He'll start shaking and he'll just sit up and he'll get up and you know, he ought to be, he ought to be almost dead, but he's not. He's up there shaking ready to go. What do you think that does to his opponent? Scares the tar out of him. See, that's what we ought to do when the devil gets a blow in and and, and hits us. We ought to just stand up strong. Takes faith to do it. Not everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. Not everybody does do it. But stand up there just like like you're not even phased. Did you know you can? We're talking about discouragement. You can discourage the devil. Did you know that? I know I've done it. I've discouraged him some over the years. Blows he's gotten in on me that had taken a lot of folk out. I just... In the Lord now, I can't do it in myself. But in the Lord, I stand up in the power of His might, and it scares the devil. My gosh, I hit him with my best blow, and he's still standing. He's still going. He's still going like nothing ever happened. You can discourage the devil. Why don't we do to the devil what he's done to us for so long? Let's discourage him. And one way you do it is when he gets a blow in on you, you just just act like you just... Just, just like the hulkster, just stand there and just, you know, Hulk Hogan, just like, you know what I'm saying? Did you get what I just said? This is pretty good preaching, isn't it? But the flesh doesn't want to go that way. The flesh wants to lay down and have the pity party and woe is me. And, and then the flesh will want, you don't know want to talk about your flesh. You want to go start telling all your friends how bad it is and how awful it is and how I'm not going to be able to make it. And how is that right? Don't do that now. Now there's nothing wrong if you have a need, letting your need be known to somebody. Now you understand. T- take this with balance. I'm talking about just always down in the mouth, down in the all all the time. Now that's where you get over, in the, and then you're right in the devil's. He sees you're weak. He's going to just start pounding on you. Do you get what I just said? You okay with that? You, so let's discourage him. So anyway, he said they did me much harm. Verse 15. You also must be beware of him for he's he's greatly resisted our words. All right. So it was brought discouragement to Paul, but he's he's going to stand in the in the Lord because watch this. He said in verse 16, at my first defense, no one stood with me. All forsook me. May it not be charged against them. He's got a forgiving attitude. Now, it's interesting in verse 14, he said, may the Lord repay him according to his works. And then here in verse 16, may it not be charged against them. So, you know, he's smarter than me, I guess. Alexander. Did you ever watch Gomer Pyle? Is it all right if I tell you a little story? Anybody ever watch Gomer Pyle? Golly, he was a really nice guy. And uh, it fits in right here. I don't have this in my notes, but Gomer, they were doing a training session, and they had that that baton that that on either end. It was a it was like a big big uh, boxing glove on either end, and it was a baton. And Gomer was out there, you know, and uh, and there was this big bully had come into the platoon, and so Gomer he has this thing, and he's 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 fighting this big bully, and Gomer. Just absolutely this big bully just just gomer just busts this guy in the jaw and just levels him, and then the next guy came up, one of his little little short guy that was a friend of Gomer, just a little humble guy, he came up there and 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 this little guy. Hits Gomer and just levels Gomer down, just knocks him down. And so after it was over, Sergeant Carter, how many remember Sergeant Carter? He pulls Gomer aside and he gets up in his face and he says, Pile, Pile, he always calls him Pile, he said, Pile. He said, how come that big mean guy, you just knocked him flat, but that little guy, he knocked you flat. And Gomer said, well, golly, Sergeant. He said, that's easy. He said, the big guy needed a lesson, the little guy didn't. So maybe Alexander the Coppersmith needed needed some working on by the Lord. And maybe these other people didn't. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be Alexander the Coppersmith, would you? Now now you know a lot of times we read over these verses a little too quickly he said no one stood with me in verse 16 but all forsook me how do you how, how do you think he felt and you know what if if I were and I would never ever <laughs> I know who this man is I would never try to speak anything to the apostle Paul. But if I were there, you know what I'd have told him? Thank you. No, no, no. No, you don't talk about Gomer Pile with the apostle Paul <laughs> or wrestling at the chase. Or... I would, you know what I would have said to him? I would have said I have said, "Sir, I said, listen. You are in good company. Because there was a day that Jesus, the Lord himself, preached a message and multitudes of people that followed him walked away from him. And he was down to 12 people and one of them was Judas. So he had 11 people and they were thinking about walking away from him. And Jesus said, do you want to go too? Of course, Peter said, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I would have said to Paul, I would have said, look, if this can happen to Jesus, it can happen to you or anybody else. That's a a good word of encouragement, don't you think? He said, all forsook me. May it be not charged against them. Verse 17, but the Lord stood with me. And strengthen me. Can you say amen to that? So when everybody else walks away. When everybody's thrown the towel in on you. Guess what? There's somebody going to still be with you. And his name is Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? And then we'll close with Psalm 43 verse 5. I'll read this in the Amplified. Why are you cast down? Psalm 43 verse 5. In the Amplified. Why are you cast down? Oh, my inner self, I think the King James says, why are you cast down, O oh, my soul? Anyway, oh, my inner self, and why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God, Here, now he's telling you what to do, hope in God and wait expectantly for him.